you know, we do advise starting low and slow to make your skin acclimate. Unless you're on acne. Yes. Acne is a completely different genre. Then just douche. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is the Chemist Confession podcast, and I'm Victoria. And I'm Gloria. And this is a human conversation on all the skincare science we talk about on the daily. Woo! <laughs> we are back! Yeah, it's the first episode of the year, and we have our own New Year's resolution for this podcast, mm-hmm. and we're changing it up. Yep. Last year, we actually stayed true to our uh, to our words. That we did. And right. we had weekly episodes, and this year, we are pretty much planning on the same thing. Yes. But we got a bunch of great feedback over the holidays and we started thinking about, okay, how do we, you know, how do we continue this podcast? (laughs) Um, How do we kind of jazz things up and keeping things interesting but relevant for you guys? So we decided that this year, what we're going to do is this is going to be a very ingredient focused year. What that means is every month there's going to be kind of a theme and we're going to be going through in detail one ingredient from that theme in that month. So what we're kicking off with is good old vitamin A, starting with the granddaddy of it all, tretinoin. Yeah. And the reason why we felt like we should do this for this year is because we've noticed that social media has started to get very crazy crazy again, um, where it almost feels like we need to do a review Mm -hmm. of these ingredients. And we also need to debunk um, some of the confusion around using some of these ingredients. So it's almost like circa 2017 when we started. Yeah. Um, we yeah. like need to go back. Exactly. And then we're so, I also feel like we got to the point in our podcast that it started to turn into the wait, there's more kind of podcast. <laughs> we're based on the title. So Y'all true. have no idea what we're talking about in an episode. Yeah. So we're going to try to make it a little tighter, a little neater, and a little bit more focused for everyone. Yeah. So today we're going to be reviewing what tretinoin is. And we're actually going to answer this question that keeps coming up Mm -hmm. with us. People keep asking us. And that is, is using tretinoin long term bad for my skin? Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. We get asked all the time. And honestly, I think I'm really, really liking this new format because a lot of times we try to fit important questions like this in the middle of one of the episodes. But these things honestly can take us a long time to go through. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, so we're gonna be answering that question. And then after that, we're gonna just do a quick review on those of you that are using tretinoin, how to use it in your routine, Mm -hmm. anything to keep in mind. Also, how to layer actives if you're using other ones with tretinoin, all that good stuff in actual practice. Mm -hmm. So that will be the structure of this episode and the episodes moving forward. And hopefully that makes it feel more digestible. And you guys will actually take something away instead of having to listen to us go off tangent and rant about studies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There will also be study rants, but more focused. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll, we're going to jump right in. Let's um, so let's do a quick primary review on what is tretinoin. Right. So tretinoin, like Laura said, is the granddaddy of the retinoids, the vitamin A derivatives. Mm-hmm. And tretinoin is retinoic acid. Yeah, it's been, it's the oldest, it's been used since the 60s. And because it's been used since the 60s, that means it's got a ton of really good data on its ability to help treat things like acne, wrinkles, and hyperpigmentation, and even promote collagen production and epidermal thickening. These are all great things we want to hear. Yep, yeah. Um, this sounds like a catch-all, cure-all, but what's important about the tretinoin and the retinoid family is that 
there's data behind mm-hmm. all of these segments. Um, it's not one of those things that where people just make it sound like a cure all. Mm-hmm. It actually has data on everything. Yes. Um, now in the U.S., tretinoin is a prescription, um, and it's typically prescribed in concentrations of anywhere between 0.01 percent to 0.1 percent. Um, now it sounds significantly lower than probably the retinal percentages that you're used to hearing, and that's because we need to think about the biology of how this category is interacting in our skin. So basically our skin has retinoic acid receptors and these molecules are designed to interact with the receptor and retinoic acid is actually the direct molecule that's going to interact with that. What that means is it's aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so even if you get prescribed something like 0.01, don't jump in thinking like, oh, okay, this is super weak. I don't need to acclimate. Let me just dive right in. these are potent. These are very, very potent molecules. Exactly. And to give you further idea of why it's so potent is retinol happens to be twice removed. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is that it's got to convert two times in order to become retinoic acid, tretinoin, to interact with the receptor. And that's why those percentages are like a 10x, right? Yeah. And because it does, um, tretinoin is really great, but one of the most well-known problems with it is the side effect, right? Mm. It does cause sight, uh, It does cause things like irritation, redness, and shedding. And this is part of where the drama comes in, where people think of it as something that will cause your skin to shed. And therefore, there is some sort of cap to this. If you continue to use tretinoin, eventually, it actually will cause your skin to thin, or at least that's the myth. It makes people feel like they're using up their Their good skills. Yeah, too fast, you Mm -hmm. know, not over your lifespan. Um, But we'll get more into that. And uh, probably just another thing to keep in mind is that in literature, when you look at tretinoin benefits, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those studies and concentrations um, are testing around 0.05%. And the study's time length is actually quite nice. Um, On average, they're like six months. Mm -hmm. Um, So hopefully that gives you an idea of general concentration that's looked at and also time length of use for tretinoin. Um, So that should give you kind of a nice primer to what tretinoin is and mm-hmm. probably a review for most of you guys. Yeah, so um, that's a really quick summary of just what is tretinoin, what does it do for your skin, and what percentages you, sh- you should look for. But before we dive into the meat of the episode, uh, let's take a really quick break. Yeah. Did you know our double player retinol can be used for both face and eye? It took us two years to create a formula that was dermatologist approved for the eye area but effective enough to use for full face. And if you don't believe us, just check out our clinical test. Actually, after just six weeks of use, our subjects saw significant improvement for dark circles, crow's feet, and hyperpigmentation. And we actually got even more results at 12 weeks as well. So we're really proud of this formula. Um, And for all of our loyal podcast listeners, please use code CCPODCAST2024 and get 15% off your first order. All right, so let's dive right into the million dollar question of the week. Is tretinoin bad for my skin Mm -hmm. with long-term use? Mm -hmm. This is one of the most common questions we get about basically any ingredient in this category. We get this about retinol, retinol. Um, And the reason we decided to tackle this question in the tretinoin category is it is the granddaddy, the OG. So it has been looked at in the most number of studies. But first, we should kind of address the question of why is this even a misconception about tretinoin? Yeah, so I think... um For those of you that have maybe heard of this and went down the Google rabbit hole of, you know, is it bad? You'll actually stumble upon this term called the hay flick limit. Or you might actually hear about how like, oh, um, skin cells can only regenerate 
50 times. So many that times. number is like seems weirdly really floating around. Yeah, and does seem very low. Um, and the Hayflick limit um, is a prediction that was theorized like back in the 60s. And um, it's basically that cells have a finite ability to regenerate. And because of that, it created a lot of fear and confusion. And people started feeling like, oh my God, I've been using exfoliants and retinoids for so long. I'm just accelerating my yeah. skin stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing, I've been just harming my skin basically. And what's even worse is you'll actually see press pieces, interviews that actually speak on this and mm -hmm. say that it is a fear and it is misguided, sadly. But we did the research so you didn't have to. And we can tell you that the key thing here that people forget is that the Hayflick limit actually only applies to differentiated cells. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that um, this pertains to cells that are like, say, our keratinocytes. Mm -hmm. um, these actually don't affect our skin stem cells. Um, these are non-differentiated cells. And what that means is, so skin stem cells have yet to, uh, I guess, uh, turn into anything, any functional cell yet, right? And so these are unaffected. But once they have turned, uh, I guess, evolved into a keratinocyte, this is when the Hayflick limit comes into play. Yeah, and if you guys want a refresher on this, definitely check out our blog on Skincare 101. The quick reminder here is that your skin, as it migrates, as it's generated from, you know, the basal layer, as it moves up, it goes through this process called cornification. So it slowly flattens out until it's this dead fatty layer on, uh, in your stratum corneum. Um, and this process is continuous. And mm -hmm. the point of exfoliation and whatnot is to make sure this process is going at a good rate. So if you think about it, your skin cell is constantly being generated and go through a cycle and eventually dying. Exactly. And if that's confusing for you, just think unlimited regeneration of stem cells that can turn into a uh, unlimited amount of whatever skin cells it needs to be, whether it's fibroblasts or keratinocytes, once it assumes these functional cells, then you have these limited lifespans, I guess is one way to think about that. Mm -hmm. And for peace of mind, just like Gloria was saying, is keratinocytes, they do not regenerate. Um, so actually this limit doesn't even matter. It does mm -hmm. not apply to this. Keratinocytes are meant to die off um, and they are supposed to go through this shedding cycle. And if truly we were worried about this, if you think about it, as we age, we'd have a really big issue with wound healing yes. because by the time we're 80, God knows like what's happening to us. So again, this is basically essentially debunked if anyone were to throw this idea at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So with that, yes, we do want to remind you that if you did your own research, you might come across some top beauty articles I feel that like that's like everything skincare where like the front page of google is a minefield yeah and it is really some of the top links that you will find um which is very sad definitely do your own reading you'll see a lot of these that are a lot of these people that are speaking to them are actually um not actually experts in the field um a lot of these are brand founders and um there are one or two misquited guided quotes from derms but i do feel like they were more like cherry picked than really looked at yeah yeah um okay and then but that's not all we we definitely that's that's one portion of it let's actually look at some of the data of using retinoid long term this is super exciting to yeah. us because a lot of times like um at least in the vitamin a in the retinoid retinoid retinal category yeah there are these studies, you know, when you guys ask us kind of difficult concepts or questions, we are able to refer to these studies and say, hey, here's some proof or some data yeah. to back up um, some of our thoughts. Whereas in some other categories, you guys ask great questions. <laughs> and realistically, we can just do an add on the 
<laughs> so yeah, um, Victoria found this fantastic study mm. that actually tracked tretinoin use over two years. Yeah, in this clinical study, uh, they gave subjects 0.05% tretinoin to use every day. This was a subject size of 204 subjects, so <gasps> it was a really nice data set. A juicy study. Yeah, and they were also given an SPF 30 mm-hmm. to use every day. So those things to keep in mind. Um, and with that, they found that those that they also it is placebo controlled and they found that the treatment group had significantly greater improvement um, in signs of photo damage. So that's finding mm-hmm. uh, that's wrinkles, uh, model hyperpigmentation and sallowness. Um, so overall, they did see a marked improvement over the course of two years. And also they saw a improvement in overall photo damage severity yeah. So not just that, they didn't look at just like, you know, the, they didn't just assess the appearance of skin. Mm-hmm. They actually took biopsies and studied the histological, like basically all the layers of skin to really understand what's happening from, you know, from the surface to the depth of skin. And this is where we are really curious about is this notion of with long term use, are there problems in the deeper layers of skin that you're not noticing? And it turns out with these histological evaluations, it actually showed that there is no increase in weirdness in these like deeper keratinocytes and your melanocytes in the deeper layer right no abnormalities Mm -hmm. um they also saw that um there was a significant increase in these pro collagen expression uh i guess pro collagen markers Mm -hmm. um so all in all over the course of two years use of usage um there is no signs of concerns here for using tretinoin for that long yeah basically all the markers only indicate positive changes to skin yeah, and as we mentioned, this is with 200 subjects. Yeah. Um, from a lot of skincare studies that we will talk about on this podcast, we're basically just praying for 30. So with yeah. 200 and these statistically significant results, it's a pretty good indication that, yes, it is safe to use tretinoin for a few years. Yeah. We should also add that we did find a four-year study <gasps> as well. Four years. Sounds so juicy, but we got to be honest, this is actually less impressive than the two-year <laughs> one because what happens is um, the test was actually quite small. There were only 27 subjects that qualified. And we should also mention that their protocol was a lot less straightforward. Mm-hmm. Some of the concentrations had um, been adjusted. It could be that um, some of the subjects just needed a more gentle protocol compared to just consistently using 0.05%. Really does sound like they just went to a clinic and was like, yo, doc, you got patients and tretinoin? We're going to follow them for four years. Exactly. Yeah, it's not also, very would controlled. you be willing to let us follow you for four years? Four years is a long time, man. <laughs> yeah, so um, they did do that. But um, one of the kind of um, things worth mentioning is that they also did punch biopsies on these subjects. And they looked at skin at six months, 12 months, and four years. And really, um, uh, they were looking for the same things. You know, was there any abnormality um, with some of these skin cells, their melanocytes, their keratinocytes, and they they didn't find anything. And on top of that, they did see a decrease in what's something they call dermoelastosis, which is just the degeneration of tissue. Mm -hmm. And then also a um, decrease in perivascular inflammation. So Mm -hmm. overall, these are just really just signs that skin overall just seems healthy and fine and that there's really no concern to stop usage of tretinoin. Yep. So all these are positive indications to debunk the idea that if you continue to use tretinoin long term, yeah. that eventually it's your skin's gonna somehow degenerate and disintegrate by um by the end of two years or something. Exactly. Um but yeah to wrap this all up, let's take a look at a couple things that will cause skin damage. 
so we looked at the actual skin mechanism and theory behind it. We also looked at some of the data. And then let's also think about personal anecdotes. Yeah. There are people that have been using tretinoin all their lives. And starting with like teenage acne. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like I was one of those people, you mm-hmm. know, and during your teenage years, you're probably using that all the way till college. Mm-hmm. And after that, you're like, I like these benefits. I'm going to keep using them until I'm a lot older. So there's many of us out there that have been using us for decades and with very little concern um, of whether or not they should be stopping you. So that that's also something to keep in mind as well as I think we're forgetting at just how prevalent tretinoin use is. But, once you know, some of the things that actually cause skin thinning, mm-hmm. UV damage, yep. your lifestyle choices, smoking, yep. those things actually show proof that skin will thin. Yep, yep. Those are definitely much bigger factors. Yeah. Um, but when you're using tretinoin, it is still important to remember that there's there are better ways to go about this than just writing in very cavalier and just yeah. r- slathering it on. And I think one of the most common misconceptions is that you always have to punch higher. Yeah. You have to go for that 0.1% eventually and use that every day. Totally. Um, ultimately, sometimes when you go too aggressive, that's when you... Uh, when some people see that kind of translucent skin appearance or on the other side, you're good with your tretinoin, but you're bad with your sunscreen. Yeah, That combination is no bueno. Yes, exactly. So just a further reminder that, you know, if you are using tretinoin long term, your sunscreen habits must be. Yes. Um. So, yeah, that kind of sums up our our million dollar question of the week. Hopefully this puts that to rest. Yeah. And we can continue using all of our retinoids with just stress-free yes yeah (laughs) all right we're taking a quick break don't go anywhere there's more skincare science right after this quick message if you're new to us and you feel like you've been missing on all the juicy chemist confessions education and would like to start from the beginning definitely check out our book skincare decoded for all you tactile readers our hardcover book is an organized guidebook covering the four key actives retinol vitamin c niacinamide and ahas plus skincare routine examples on how to stack skincare products to tackle skin concerns like wrinkles and hyperpigmentation head to amazon to purchase did we mention it has over 500 five-star reviews (laughs) (laughs) all right that's it (laughs) okay (laughs) all right to wrap up uh, wrap up our tretinoin episode we are going to talk about some top tips on how to incorporate tretinoin in your routine Mm -hmm. whether you are a beginner or you're a little bit more seasoned Uh, i think number one is to remember that you know, you don't always have to go higher right off the bat, especially if you're new to this category. Um, if you are working with a teloderm or an actual in-person derm, definitely be a little wary mm. on, you know, jumping right in at the 0.05 percentage. And, you know, we do advise starting low and slow to make your skin acclimate. Unless you're on acne. Yes. Acne is a completely different genre. Then just douche. <laughs> yeah. that, and we should also mention, I think that's something to keep in mind is, um, a lot of times, I think the reason why people go so aggressively into tretinoin is because they're used to hearing those percentages and concentrations from their acne buddies. Yeah. And that's not for everyone. Right. Um, usually that level, that frequency is because they've been kicked into high gear to really treat that breakout as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you that are just here for a good time with anti-aging. And a long time. And a long time. <laughs> Does not have to be like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, we do get this question a lot about any actives. Where does it go in your skincare routine? Yeah, so most tretinoins are common creams or emulsions. So 
Um, they're not usually your first step. We really like to recommend using a soothing serum, which usually comes in a water-based form. Go ahead and use that uh, right after your cleanse and then apply tretinoin. We find that combo has been really successful. Yes, and you will also hear most people recommend just using it at night. Mm. We are also in that camp. Most tretinoins nowadays are formulated to be much more stable than the original formulas. But that said, you know, um, follow your germs instructions. Definitely use sunscreen during the day. Mm -hmm. And if you have any doubt, just use it at night. Yeah. Oh, and we should also mention that um, you can apply your face oils and balms post tretinoin. Yes. Okay, great. I think the other common question that we get is, can tretinoin be used with X active? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kind of mirroring our sentiment in our retinal episode last year. <laughs> Basically, yes, you yeah. can use tretinoin with almost any actives you can think of. Yeah. The big caveat is always just managing skin irritation. Yeah. If you're starting tretinoin your routine and you're a little worried, just start with basically your soothing moisturizers, your barrier care, cleanse, moisturize, tretinoin. That's it. And then sunscreen during the day. And when you feel like, okay, my skin can handle this, no problem. You can definitely use things like AHAs, vitamin C, no problem at all. Totally. It is possible that, you know, when you are just starting your tretinoin journey um, and you are going through your purging phase, mm -hmm. applying some of these more low pH formulas can feel very uncomfortable. So this is why, you know, um, why Gloria suggests just start with a bare minimum, make sure skin is acclimated and then get to um, starting to add some of those other fun stuff. Yeah, fun fact. I My skin is pretty retinal sensitive. Mm -hmm. So when I go off of it and then go back mm -hmm. on it, a lot of times if I'm not careful, it just do. Because uh, I'm typically very acid tolerant. Yeah. But if I use, say, like a 30% glycol, like, a, like our gold standard, it feels like demons are coming out of my pores. That's actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because it reminds me of um, this one lady who was telling us about her tretinoin journey mm -hmm. and how she used to be one that was using like 0.1 tretinoin all the time. And then after she got pregnant, she stopped use and suddenly even a retinol was too much for her. She thought that yeah. she would be fine going Just to like a 1% right retinol. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, even that was too much. Yeah. And I think people who maybe take breaks may feel like skin has this like memory of your relationship with tretinoin. No, it's a new, it's like a new thing every time. Exactly. Mixed bag. You have no idea what you're going to get. So, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind too. If you're one that's like, I'd like to get back into retinoids, um, always go slow and low. Yeah. And kind of an important subset to this, can I use tretinoin with yeah. XYZ question is, can you use tretinoin with BPO? Yeah. So that's a common uh, concern out there. It was like 20 years when I was using it. But back then they really told us not to use them together. Um, but since then, I think there's been a couple studies back in like the 2010s um, that came out showing that they've basically debunked this claim mm -hmm. in that combining these would not actually cause tretinoin to degrade. So that's really not a problem. It's really more about, do you, does your skin enjoy having these two together in the same routine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's now, in a way, a pretty common combination to use BPO with uh, a tret yeah. um, for acne. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like Victoria said, just proceed with dryness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And probably we should mention just one final thing on, you know, the actual retinization purging period. Um, it is very common that when you start to experience flaking, dryness, and breakouts, mm -hmm. even if you start at a very low dose. So we just like to remind you to stick with it. Um, consistency is key. Things to look out for on whether or not you should dial down is if suddenly the discomfort is too much, you're shedding like a snake, your redness is too much, 
any of these things that you feel like is just not it's not a fun experience for you, we would say then it's time to either dial down the concentration or the frequency. You don't mm-hmm. have to start right out of the gate once every day. You can do once every week to see what happens. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And last but definitely not least, sunscreen. Please use sunscreen. If you're not going to use it, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> sunscreen. It might be cold now, but sunscreen. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. And I guess one last note is... This will this will kind of reference to our next episode and yeah. episodes after. Yeah. If you're using a different retinoid, if you're on a retinol or you're using a dappling, you don't always have to come here in the tretinoin realm. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. It's uh, vitamin A as a whole category is really well studied, and we'll take a closer look at some of the hot misconceptions of these other retina other molecules in the retinoid family. But that's it for yeah. this episode. That's such a great point, Gloria, <laughs> that a lot of times because tretinoin has been around for as long as it has, people feel like they have a ton of FOMO. Mm-hmm. We would say, hold off, wait. As we go through some of these other retinoids, maybe you'll find a better one for you. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Let us know if you like this new format, yes. this much more focus, like yeah. we closer look at one ingredient at a time. Um, and where can they find us, Victoria? <laughs> Punting <laughs> right over. <laughs> right. So you can DM us with your question at our Instagram, chemist.confessions. You can also write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. You can also just post your question on this YouTube uh, video below. Um, but otherwise, we will see you next time. Bye, guys.